What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Mid-State 48 here at 615 Preps, getting you ready for week six in 48 minutes or less, unless we need a little overtime because we just might this week. This is a fun week, guys. Let's bring y'all in. Tom, Scott, how y'all doing? Good, doing man. Pretty good. Scott? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pilot uh, the bombardier. <laughs> yeah, sorry, Chris. I, you know, I have five seconds and we're already off the rails. I love it. Well, you know, if, the, if everybody's looking through rose-colored glasses from last week, I was going a little different shade. Okay, now that you explain yourself, it makes a little more sense. But uh, on to week six, guys. We are at the midpoint of the regular season. Can you believe it? I. No, I, I'm I'm amazed uh, that we made it to week six with uh, uh, that w- with so little uh, uh, interruptions and in, in you know there have been some episodes here and there of COVID and things like that, but nothing near the disruptions that we had last year. Yeah, even early in the season, guys. I mean, those first couple of weeks, it looked like. You know, we were seeing upwards of 30 games being wiped out due to COVID. And uh, uh, it seems like, thankfully, and knock on wood at that, it's died down just a little bit. Let's hope that trend continues. But uh, uh, I always say high school football season goes way too fast because it's my favorite time of the year and it's already halftime for the season. But, hey, I'll tell you what, this is a fun week coming up. Oh, it sure is. And a lot of marquee matchups. And we're going to talk about one of them, especially in this segment with number two, Lipscomb Academy, going to number one, Oakland. We'll break on that in just a couple of minutes. Uh, the weather should be great. Football weather for this mm. week. Forecasted temperatures in the 60s by kickoff and, and down to the 50s. It's finally starting to feel like fall a little bit, and that's not a bad thing when you're talking about football. No, no, it's not. I tell you, the other night it, I thought, you know, with all the humidity and everything, I thought that the cooler weather might come in and that front may come in. No, you didn't need to be rained on. If you walked out, if you walked out there with a stitch of dry on you, uh, it, it was something else. It, it, I can't imagine the players. They were just abs- everybody was just absolutely drenched uh, just due to the humidity. So yeah, it's going to be really nice to have some temperatures in the 60s, 70s, somewhere in there, and and actually feel like football weather. Yeah, you might actually need a sweater by the time the games are over Friday night and Thursday night too, for that matter. Um, let's talk about last week briefly. Scott, both of you and I were at Nissan stadium with white house playing Waverly. And this turned out to be a pretty good ball game and white house hang hung on for a 36, 34 win. Rain and Blackburn had a big night. So did Reese McAfee. Oh yeah. It in, what was it? No scores that were less than 60 yards. Uh, it was, uh, it was really kind of a back and forth game. And finally, uh, uh, somewhere in the third quarter, White House found some stops. Uh, but I tell you what, uh, let's talk about the atmosphere for just a moment. That was amazing. Uh, you know, the Titans rolled out the, the red carpet. Uh, you had highlights with uh, Mike Keith on the call. Um, it, it was just really, really amazing. Uh, everybody having a good time. It, it was really a fun atmosphere and for a great, great cause to help out. Uh, it, it was you know, wonderful to see that those kids had a senior night. Those kids had a, uh, a homecoming. Um, so, you know, for Waverly, it was, you know, the best of everything except the final score. And, you know, really, I don't think you can really consider that a loss. No, I don't think you can either. And uh, the way Waverly played most of the night, I mean – 
know, it's understood that this team, it's a pretty good football team. It's not a, a pushover by any means. And certainly they're going to factor into the playoff race in class in class 3A this year. Um, a big region win for White House, though. They're now 4-1, and one, and they're probably they are on the inside track to the number one seed out of that region. So a big win for them and, and one that uh, may pay dividends come November. Well, guys, I got to say this on behalf of, you know, just looking at it from the Titans organization, how nice of them to step up. I think this was the first time in the, what, 22-year history of the stadium that they've allowed a high school football game to come in there. And uh, just just fantastic. We knew this was going to be a good football game, but to see the people come together and with all that's happened to the folks in Waverly and down in that region this year, uh, it's it's been tough. But to see him come out, uh, of course, you got to if you're White House, you got to kind of feel bad, I guess, it a little bit because you want to win the game. But then the sympathy is pulling for Waverly in this game. So it's, you, they were really in a no win situation last week. Well, the three of us took White House or took Waverly last week. So, I mean, we were we were going with the uh, with, with the sentimental favorite card and, and that came back to bite us as we'll find out and who you got later on. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, a, a great atmosphere and a great gesture by the Titans and. and Hopefully, this will lead to some more high school games in that stadium because it's a great atmosphere to play football in. And oh yeah, for this area, they need more of that, not less. Oh yeah, absolutely. And you know, you're talking about uh, White House. I don't think Coach Hamilton much cared to wear uh, about wearing the black hat. I think he was really excited <laughs> when that game was over. Uh, I mean, White House really, really needed a, a victory, a, a region win like that. And I think that. Uh, uh, the great thing was is that a lot of people got to see Rain and Blackburn and McAfee and and uh, and the White House uh, team for what they what they are, uh, which is a a better team than a lot of people figured. Yeah, yeah, they're going to factor heavily in four A in three A. I'm sorry, in that playoff race this year. Speaking of great atmospheres, Friday night at, at Brentwood, no, Williamson County Schools. They do a great job promoting their athletics, obviously, and this was no exception. The Battle of the Woods. Just an outstanding atmosphere for football. You know, both student sessions out in full force. This the stands were packed to the gills and wrapped around the field at one end. Uh, the Battle of the Woods always one of these great rivalry games, and it came down to late in the game, Ravenwood needed a couple of stops, and they got it. Twenty-one sixteen win over Brentwood. Uh, watching Chris Parson play quarterback now, he's still just a junior, but he plays with so much poise that that Ravenwood offense is in good hands with him. He he kind of just has this way about him of slowing down the game. I mean, he, he, no wasted motion. He's smooth in his movements. He, he's a pretty good passer too. And you've seen, we've seen him's arm in, in a lot of videos and um, definitely showed why he's the leader of that Ravenwood offense this year. Definitely. Uh, definitely. He seems to have matured a little bit uh, uh, or the team has from that first game against NBA where the six turnovers, um, you know, he, he's not having to, you know, do too much. I think that uh, Coach Hester has him comfortable in the system. Uh, Chris, you were there. You, uh, from what you told me, that's exactly what you saw was a, a team that was settling into uh, Will Hester's system uh, and getting comfortable with it and maybe not pressing. Yeah. Defensively, both teams played very well, too. Let's not discount Brentwood here. Yeah, they're one and four. They've had some tough losses, but defensively, they're not a bad football team. They're going to stop some teams down the stretch and still be a factor in the region race because right now they're probably looking at the number four seed, so they'll have a problem. They'll make a problem for somebody. 
I think Brentwood's going to be better in the long run just because of the schedule that they played. I mean, uh, I saw them brought out of the gate playing Blackman and that high-powered Blackman offense. They they kept it kind of off balance all night. They ended up losing that game late. But, guys, I think I still think this is a very good Brentwood team. And, uh, again, one and four doesn't look good on paper. But uh, uh, some of these tough games they played in, I think it's going to benefit them when the uh, postseason rolls around. This This is still a good football team. Yeah, that's, good. that's the best one in four football team out there in Tennessee <laughs> right now. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with that. I mean, you know, they had some chances to possibly win that game. They didn't they had some drops. They had some guys that let them down a little bit. But uh, Clint Finch's squad is getting better week by week, and they'll be a factor in the playoff race before this year's over. Um uh, Scott, you were at Springfield. They played Kenwood. Um, not a whole lot to talk about from that game, though, from what I've been told. No, no. It was uh, – well, first of all, uh, Kenwood came in or when, uh, you know, before we knew about it. Uh, their uh, quarterback was uh, not eligible for this game. He had been ejected in the previous game, and I know that Coach Greer had, uh, had appealed that vigorously. Uh, but uh, to no avail. So losing a three-year starter at quarterback and, and really the heart of your offense uh, really uh, created some problems. It was, you know, you talk about an atmosphere. Uh, Springfield had theirs because it was homecoming there, but the, unfortunately there was an uh, incident on uh, I-24, and the stands at the beginning of the game were absolutely empty on the, on the uh, Kenwood side. And, you know, it just seemed like, the team, the, uh, that side of the field was just absolutely listless. Um, there's really just not, I mean, there's not much of a story to tell other than the fact that Devin Crenshaw played well. Um, you know, Coach Greer talked about, you know, it wasn't the result he wanted, and uh, it really did put a nail in the coffin for a home playoff game, but they still have a chance Kenwood does to to get a playoff game if they play well, and that's his goal. All the goals they set this year, from what he told me, are there. On the Springfield side, uh, Coach Wilson was thrilled with the squad. He's really happy with his offensive line, and it really, really showed in this game. Uh, both lines actually did very, very well, and uh, they just shut Kenwood down. Devin Crenshaw was Devin Crenshaw. hit a couple of big plays. Uh, they got the running game going. Um, so, you know, going forward, you know, it's like we thought all along Springfield is going to be a tough out in this, in this, uh, region. Um, and right now I think they're the, the best in class. Yep. Got a showdown with Henry County coming up and that's going to be for the region title. So Springfield starting to impress in 5A and, and being in there for the first time in a long time. And you know, they haven't missed a beat hardly. Um, but let's, let's move on to this week because, Thursday night, it goes down to the Oakland number two, Whipscomb Academy at number one, Oakland. want to talk about this game just a bit, uh, a little bit of the tail of the tape coming up right here. Uh, two juggernauts going at it for a lot of bragging rights. And really happy this game came together because, I mean, both of both teams needed another game to get to 10, and it worked out that they both had the same open date. So here we are. Isn't that amazing, though, that you know, this is a game that, can't I mean it, it can help you in honing your skills but um you're playing a team you're risking uh you know a lot of stuff against a, a team that is as good or well we'll just say as good because I'm not gonna tell say anything about who's better than what. Um really I think this is going to be a contrast to size but again uh 
it's amazing that we get this game. It's like it's it's almost like I don't want to say it's like fantasy league, but it almost is. I mean, it's a game that you it's it's almost like uh, you're on Xbox, you know, and and you're putting two teams up against each other that you that really didn't meet in the season. I mean, th- this is going to be something special. Um, I expect all eyes towards uh, towards this game in Middle Tennessee Thursday. Yeah, and with a Thursday night date, I mean, really will be all eyes on it because nobody else is playing. Yeah, and I think there will be a lot of folks that's going to turn out for this game, guys. I mean, this is this is fantastic just to have this game. I know it was discussed a few weeks back uh, when both teams had an opening, but it's so great that they came together and did this. And uh, records aside and all that, and when you look at these numbers, guys, this is uh, some pretty remarkable stuff when you look at 61.8 points per game. I mean, good grief. This is going to be just a, a great football game. Two great programs that are having fantastic seasons. And I think uh, I think Oakland, they – shoo, I don't know where they're going to put all those people, but I think it's going to be packed over there Thursday night. I think it's going to be a lot of standing folks. It's going to be standing room only at that stadium. I mean, Ray Hughes Stadium doesn't seat – it seats quite a few people, but they won't be able to hold them all. I was going to say it, it – you better get your parking spot earlier. You better be Ubering over there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because uh, otherwise you'll be walking. Um, and you look oh, at some of these walk. numbers. You look at some of these numbers. And Lipscomb Academy 61 points a game. But that turnover margin really has a lot to do with it. They're plus 16. They haven't turned the ball over at all this year. So, I mean, that's a big deal considering they've had four games on the field. And part of this, too, when they played uh, Pulaski Academy out of Arkansas, they, they team that never punts. They had a short fields, and they turned them all over, I think, six times in that game. So they had some short fields that led to some of their scores. So their yardage totals aren't necessarily all that great because of that. But still, I mean, th- this is an impressive bunch. And I think that the public is not giving them enough credit because offensively, this is a juggernaut. Oh, yeah. I mean, th- this game has got more stars than the voice. I mean, it's really – it's yeah. You've got a lot of, uh, you know, power five uh, players on both sides. And and that's the thing. You're, you're getting an early look at it. I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are discounting Lipscomb Academy. And, you know, let's talk about Oakland. How often do they get to play a team of this caliber? Usually they're beating up on everybody. Yeah. And, and you know, if they get a game, it's an out-of-state you know, it's our state and you, it's not really somebody that you can compare apples to apples with as right. far as, uh, you know, somebody in the region. I think this is going to be really, really good for Oakland because they they get somebody in in uh, Lipscomb Academy that that will actually push them. Yep. And this may be a great, you know, a great type of warm up game that, and a wake up call if you don't play well. Right. Yeah, indeed, because, uh, you know, they've still got some big region games coming up. Let's not forget Riverdale's on the agenda, too. And I believe Oakland plays CPA as well, don't they, before the end of the season. So what's really great, too, you get Oakland CPA, you get Lipscomb CPA, Lipscomb and Oakland playing. Uh, These are going to be good tests for all three of these football teams. That's going to be some great football down the stretch. Yeah, those are the top three in our Power 15 poll, and they're going to all play each other. So we're going to really know how these teams shake out before the season's over. Uh, You look at – you look at Oakland, they're, they're 4-0 technically, but they had one COVID win when Stewart's Creek couldn't play, so they've only been on the field three times this year. That's right. kind of a big deal because you know, they had a two-week break between games and then before they came back last week against Siegel. So these guys are knocking off some rust. They're itching to go. So you know, we look at the numbers. Jordan James has 380 yards rushing, 9.5 yards per carry, though. So the numbers 
may not be eye popping from a yardage standpoint, but he's getting he's getting it done on the ground every time he touches the ball. Yeah, that I mean that, and it, again, it you know it's going to be a test for Lipscomb's defense. I, I think that uh, really you've got a team in Oakland that loves to run the ball. Uh, if Lipscomb can can stop them, it's going to force Cade Hewitt uh, to to pass. And I know he's got Isaiah Horton there, but uh, it's something that Oakland doesn't do all that much. Yeah. And um, you know, maybe they maybe they have to open up and change. It's gonna again. It's really gonna be interesting to see what happens because you really really don't know what you're gonna get in this game. Yep, yep. Khalil James is a name to watch out for because Horton may draw some more attention on defense. James is their next best receiver, and he's getting get some opportunities in the passing game if they do throw it whenever they have to. On the other side, Luther Richardson has been as efficient as anybody really has ever been. 73 of 84 passing, 86.9% completion percentage through four games, 936 yards, 13 touchdowns, no interceptions. That's mind-boggling, guys. That's just that that's you mentioned Xbox, God. That's that's video game numbers right there. He's having a phenomenal season. And uh uh, of course, when you start talking about Mr. Football candidates, he's gonna be right in there, guys. That's that's just that is that's head spinning to me. Yeah, and speaking of Mr. Football candidates, Alex Broom, 46 carries, 452 yards, 9.8 yards per carry. We talk about Jordan James getting it done on the ground. Broom has as well. He's got 12 touchdowns so far through four games and on the ground. And then you throw in his receiving numbers, 19 catches, 188 yards, four touchdowns. You know, number 20 for Lipscomb Academy, he's, he's looking to, to, to prove some people this week as well. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be interesting to see how the lines play. You know, how Oakland's defensive line against uh, Lipscomb's offensive line, can they open up holes for Alex Broom? Same way with Oakland. Uh, you know, uh, what is the depth going to look like? What's, you know, how, you know, you know, what's, you know, can they keep up on either side? So, yeah, it's, uh, there are, there are storylines on storylines in this game. Yep. And, uh, and, and I know they have CPA coming up as well, but I think, uh, the fact that you have an offense as powerful as Lipscomb Academy going into Oakland, uh, that you know that that's just something that's completely different. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about this game when we get to who you got at the toward the end of the show. Um, we got to take a break before we get on to the next segment. This is the Midstate Forty Eight, powered by Six One Five Preps. We're back right after this. Back here on the Mid-State 48, getting you ready for week number six. We want to take this opportunity to discuss our Power 15 rankings. We've got uh, got a lot of teams that are 4-0 and 5-0 and at the top of the list. Uh, watching on YouTube, it's scrolling at the bottom of your screen. But for those of you listening on podcasts, we'll run through real quick. Oakland number one at 4-0, Lipscomb Academy number two, CPA three, Riverdale four, Summit five, Pearl Cone six, Riverdale Ravenwood, not Riverdale, excuse me, seven. Ensworth, eight. Mount Juliet, ninth. Brentwood Academy, 10th. Page, 11th. Hendersonville, 12th. BGA, 13th. 14th Beach, 15th MBA. Had somebody reach out to me and, and think that their team was a little bit underrated. I'm not going to say who it is or, or what team they were talking about, but we're going to discuss a couple of these. So, first question for you guys is, you've, you've heard the 15 teams on there. Who has a case to be in this list that isn't right now? Uh, oh, oh, me? Yeah. Uh, to me, uh, somebody that has a case to be on this list is Donaldson Christian Academy. 
they're averaging 47 points a game. They're only giving up 12 points a game. You know, they beat Friendship by 25, Heritage by 32. You know, the teams that they're beating, they should be beating. But it's the manner in which they're winning their games that make them and prove that they're uh, a tough out. I don't know that right now they couldn't beat a couple teams that are on that list, maybe a, maybe a Page or, or a Mount Juliet. I, I just think DCA uh, would be a team that I would uh, strongly consider to be in the top 15. All right, Tom, what do you say? You kind of stole my thunder there, Scott. DCA was who I was going to go with, but I'll bounce off of that. And uh, I'm going to take a look at a couple other teams. Let me point at Station Camp. And I know all year, all year long, and I've been the world's worst to say, okay, Cinderella's last slippers got to fall off here at some point. But Station Camp is 4-0, and guys. And uh, how would they match up against some of these top 15 teams? You know, Maybe they're not as good as some of them, but I guarantee you they would be competitive. Nobody saw this uh, station camp team coming this year, and uh, they've gone out there and not just won games, guys, but they've won games convincingly over teams that we did not see them beating. So uh, I'm going to give a nod to station camp. I kind of wanted to go with Springfield because I like the way they've been playing. Yeah, they've really stepped up, and uh, I can't say they've really exceeded expectations because we did expect them to be good, but I'm going to go with station camp here. I'd like to – See them get a little bit more respect. I think they've earned it. Okay, good points by both of you guys. And uh, Station Camp will get their shot because they're at they get at home against Mount Juliet next Thursday and in a, in a key region game. So both teams will likely be undefeated when they play. So if Station Camp's looking for respect, that's a great night to get it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Is anybody on this list underrated in your minds? Tom, start. Underrated on the list. Wow. Uh, just in kind of looking down through there, I tell you what, one team that kind of has been a head scratcher to me, and I'm going to go with them here, and that's Hendersonville. They were one that uh, I guess it was a few weeks back they played Beach, and uh, I was all over Beach in that football game, but Hendersonville came out and just walloped them 28-10. to 10, And uh, Hendersonville's got a tough test this week. They're going to get uh, Ravenwood, but they just absolutely thumped Gallatin. And I know Gallatin, I, I don't think they've quite lifted to what they the, what we expected them to be this year. And Hendersonville does have that early season loss. But uh, to me, they'd be just a shade. Hendersonville, I like the way they've been playing thus far, and I think we might could bump them up just a little bit. All right, Scott. Yeah, uh, and then, Tom, uh, you know, you, you got me that, that time. Hendersonville was uh, my number one uh underrated i would say probably if i was looking at this list and and it's not a big underrate but summit uh it may be just a little bit underrated uh their schedule is one of the hardest ones out there they've dominated henry county blackman centennial they played well against brentwood they're not shying away from anybody uh you know they're they are uh, playing dominating football right now um you know but in reality you're talking about the difference between uh, a five spot and a three spot possibly. So, you know, are they underrated? You know, for the purpose of this exercise, yeah. But are they underrated that much? If you're in the top five, you can't be all that underrated. Um, I mean, in, in all honesty. But I, I agree with Tom. I think Hendersonville is one of them. I think Summit's the other. I'm going to throw one in there myself. I think Answorth may be a little underrated. Um, they've really impressed so far this year. And, they're going to have a real opportunity to assert themselves as, as a favorite in Division II AAA in the coming weeks. And, you know, we haven't seen them yet. We're hoping to do so at some point. And I think Ensworth is really having a great bounce back year. And it might be because of how their 2020 finished that they're not nearly as high as they may possibly need to be. And uh, 
honestly. And, and another point, too, when we talk about these rankings, uh, Tom, you and Scott, you, you have your own individual opinions that this list is actually mine. So I, I will I will take the heat. I will take <laughs> I, I will be glad to stay in the kitchen and take the heat. So anyway, my my, my list, honestly, Chris, my list wasn't a whole lot different from yours. Uh, real in reality, when I looked at mine, I had I had uh, Oakland, Lipscomb, CPA. Then I had uh, Summit, Pearl Cone, Riverdale, Innsworth, Ravenwood, Brentwood, BGA, DCA, Hendersonville, Mount Juliet, Beach, and Page. So I have the same guys. You're talking about a difference of one or two spots, maybe. So you know, don't you know, you know, if if people are shooting at you, they're shooting at me too. I mean, well, yeah. yeah. Think about this is you know, these are based on who would be whom on a neutral field. We're not talking right. about advantage. Mm-hmm. And, and, you're, and you're talking the power ranking. You're talking about, you know, it doesn't matter which region you're in. Uh, you know, you're talking about an Oakland versus a Lipscomb and a, and a, a BGA, you know, against a Hendersonville and things like that. Not where they are based on where they are in their region. And for some of you Summit and Pearl Cone and Ravenwood fans and Ensworth fans, you know, there's an opportunity to move up because those top four teams are going to play each other down the stretch and there's going to be some shuffling. So I wouldn't even be worried about a ranking. Now you need to be worried about where it's going to become December. <laughs> I, I wouldn't worry about a ranking period where you want to be is raising the gold ball. That tells you who's number one and everybody right. else's. That, that's know, all not. that matters. Yeah. Exactly. I, don't, I, I don't think there are many coaches out there, guys that are worried about rankings, whether it's ours or the AP or, you know, coach T or whoever's out there. They're more worried about getting to uh, get to Chattanooga and hoisting that gold ball. That's all that matters for sure. Not, not, not at now, all. Yeah. now I will, We'll say report card grades, <laughs> Chris, coming next week. <laughs> yeah, those, those ones they tend, <laughs> a few of them tend to pay some attention. Of them, to. Some of them pay attention to those. We've learned that over the year. <laughs> <laughs> but the rankings, right. yeah, but I agree with you. I think that, you know, you know, the, you know, rankings are great for, you know, just kind of a, a benchmark of how, you know, it's, a, it's taking the temperature of, of certain teams in the area. Yeah, and discussion like this, obviously, too. And, and yeah. one, I would love to see Summit play Riverdale because I think those two teams are right there neck and neck. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same with CPA. Honestly, I mean, I could give Summit even three on, on the right night. Yeah. So, that, I mean, you're gonna, they're a very good team. And we'll who, see him, I'll see him Friday. So, well, who do you think's overrated? Well, anybody? Tom, you got one? Oh, look at that. Uh, you had a question already there. <laughs> no, right? Pretty neat. I hate to call any of these teams overrated because, they, you know, they've all got impressive worksheets and stuff. But I'm going to look at Mount Juliet right now. And I know they're undefeated. They're 5-0. and But I'm going to look at them the last couple of weeks. Uh, they've gone up against some teams in the Upper Cumberland area. And, and they're playing good football teams. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, at number nine, when I start looking at teams below them and I consider what they've matched up against, I, I think they would struggle against the Brentwood Academy. Uh, they would struggle against the Hendersonville, things like that. They burned their 5-0, and oh, don't get me wrong. But I, I, I'm still just a little iffy on Mount Juliet about how really good they are pound for pound. We'll put it that way. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see that game against Station Camp next week because you know, we'll find out more about Mount Juliet. I mean, they, they've earned their place. They've won the games they're supposed to play. Right. All right. They're there for a reason. But when we get down in November, when they're going to have to play some tougher competition, we'll see. I mean, I mean, overrated, maybe a little bit, but 
five and zero is five and zero, and you should be pretty close to on this list no matter what if you're five and zero. Uh, yeah. I look at the defense too, and some of the totals that they've given up. And, and of course, I preach defense. I love to see a good defensive team, and that's why I've been real high on people like Riverdale this year. And uh, uh, it, guys, we're still—it's still a relatively young season. I know we say halfway point, but we're going to see what everybody's made of six through eleven coming up these last few games. And uh, uh, Mount Julie, if they can put some points up, we know that if they can get things kind of going in a little bit better direction defensively, uh, yeah, they're going to be tough out for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I had to look at one that's overrated and you're, you know, you know, holding a sandwich under my nose, not letting me eat unless I pick, uh, you know, uh, really it's uh, truthfully Riverdale, maybe a little bit. And it's strictly on their offensive side of the ball. Defensively, nobody can keep up with them, but I don't know how they do against a, a defensive team that can match them. Um, offensively, uh, you know, they, when they face a good defense, I just don't know how they hold up. They scored 13 points against their, what was their toughest opponent so far, in my opinion, in Shelbyville, you know, we, we won't know until they play Oakland exactly how, what it's going to take when that, and, and like you said, Chris and Tom, both of you, you know, a lot of this stuff's going to work itself out. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Tom took my first one, so I. My, my other one was was uh, was Riverdale, so it's good to know that uh, you know that you know minds think alike on this show um, a little bit. Yep. Or that, that can I'm be a scary not... thought sometimes, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's good to know that if I'm crazy, I ain't the only one. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Always makes for good discussion though when we have these rankings up here and, and talk about some different teams that maybe we haven't seen or haven't discussed enough this mm -hmm. year and. Like I said, there's going to be some movement this year because there are four games between teams on this list this week. We'll talk about some of them coming up and who you got. And speaking of who you got, we need to get to that in just a moment. So let's go ahead and take another break, and we will come right back with who you got on the Mid-State 48, powered by 6.5 Preps. Stay with us. We're back after this. Let's look back at week five real quick. Tom, congratulations. You Wow. Almost BGA <laughs> yeah. would win. <laughs> yep. Yep. And somebody else had I told you so as well last week. And that'd be Reggie. Love me. <laughs> Reggie. Reggie got another <laughs> number two for him in the year with Columbia's win over Nolansville. We all sided with the Knights and they proved us absolutely wrong. So um the, the kibble never kibble never lies, guys. <laughs> 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 Yeah, Reggie. Reggie fed some good kibble last week. Ago, so you got him back into at least some contention anyway. But fans have a seven and three mark last week. They're thirty six and fourteen in the year. Tom, you have a matching record. I'm a game back. Scott's two back, and Drake is four back with Reggie bringing up the rear. So let's get into week six and Lipscomb Academy in Oakland on Thursday night is our first one and. Reggie's got Oakland. So do the rest of us. Wow. So we're all taking Oakland Thursday night over Lipscomb Academy. I like this game to be a fairly high scoring contest, maybe 38 35. Mm. I see it being close for a long time. I mean, I, I think that I've seen some predictions from, from some fans out there. I, I think they're under, they're disrespecting Lipscomb Academy way too much. This is going to be a close game. I agree with you. I think that. 
truthfully, where Oakland may uh, pull away from this, I expect to see uh, a special teams, uh, you know, them do something on special teams as far as, you know, that they're, they're just really good and really, really fast. Um, I think it'll, I think it'll be close late, but the depth of Oakland, the speed of Oakland, I think they just have a little bit, that little bit extra, uh, and again, Chris, I could see a 38-35 game like you were saying. Yeah, I agree with that, guys. And I tell you, I'm surprised we all picked Oakland. I mean, this is one that uh, I, I was kind of back and forth on because you mentioned it earlier, Chris, when you talk about Lipscomb Academy has not turned the ball over this year. That's good, sound, disciplined football. Both of these teams, though, are exceptionally well coached. So, you know, you factor all things in. I think Oakland does have a, a slight edge. But again, I, I'm like you guys. I won't be surprised a bit if this is not a, a shootout type football game. Nashville Christian at Davidson Academy. And Tom, you've taken Nashville Christian in this one. Well, I went against Davidson Academy last week. Of course, they had that long winning streak going and uh, got that snap last week and uh, uh, just kind of looking over the the body of work for each team. And I just I like Nashville Christian just a little bit more, even though Davidson Academy's at home and they've got to have a sour taste in their mouth. They've got every incentive to come out and uh, play exceptionally well and win this game this week. But I'm going to take Nashville Christian on the road. Okay. Yeah. You know, Nashville Christian has got to be a little bit more relaxed this year, uh, knowing that uh they only have to see a they, a they only have to see him once, yep. and and b uh, that it uh, is not for a region spot. Um, that being said, you know Davidson Academy had a very non-Davidson Academy week last week. Uh, Jonathan Quinn's defense usually does not give up, uh, you know, those kind of points. And I'm I'm uh, I haven't seen the game. I'd be interested to see how they dealt with or how uh, they were able to neutralize Kendall Ball. I don't think that happens twice in a row. I think that I think that uh, Coach Quinn is going to uh, have his team refocus and try to stop a streak before it starts. Yep. And for that reason, I'm going to go with the Bears. Independence at East Nashville. And that's a sweep for all of us for Independence. Uh, looking for the Eagles to, to kind of continue their winning ways. They had got off to a slow start this year, but they've started to kind of get things moving in the right direction. Um this will be a good chance for them to to go out of region and, and get some more work in before they go back to some key region games. Yeah, I think their offense is really just kind of uh, starting to hit stride. I think Joe Cummings is playing very, very well at quarterback. Uh, I think that uh, they have the recipe for beating the uh, uh, those speedy East Nashville corners in uh, you know a couple of good receivers in Rummel and uh, Katina. So I honestly think, though, that the trick to this game is going to be Lockwood. Lockwood on the linebackers of uh, of East Nashville, maybe on the safeties. Uh, he could have a big game uh, if it comes down to it. Yep. Ravenwood at Hendersonville. And we're a little bit split. Tom, you and Drake are on Hendersonville side. Scott, you and I and Reggie have Ravenwood. Yeah, I just uh, – Hendersonville's burned me a little bit. And I, I just – I like the way they – played since early in the season and uh Ravenwood though this was another tough one on me they've won four straight you know after a season opening loss and uh, kind of picked themselves up off the canvas you know we were talking about some of the schools early in the season that kind of struggled right out of the gate Ravenwood was one of those but uh they've came back and put it together with four in a row but I, something about this Hendersonville team guys I like it uh they've surprised me a couple of times and I think they're going to get it done at home this Friday night with Ravenwood okay. 
Well, I agree with you, Tom. I think Hendersonville is a very, very solid team. I think they're playing extremely well. I think the X factor in this game is going to be Chris Parson. I think that he brings something to uh, Ravenwood that Hendersonville hasn't quite seen yet, which is a quarterback who can run, throw, make decisions on the fly. I think that uh, he he can do just enough to bring those safeties and those uh, and those linebackers up. Uh, I know that. Ellis Ellis and the rest of the defenders are going to do their best to take away the outside. So I expect the middle of the field to be a playground uh, for Chris Parson this week. Brentwood Academy and NBA. NBA uh, coming off a tough win over Father Ryan. Brentwood Academy was idle last week after St. Benedict had to cancel due to COVID-19. And we have gotten a little bit of a split this week. Drake, Tom, and Scott with Brentwood Academy. I'm joining Reggie with NBA. And I, I had a split myself. I, I mean, really, it almost came down to flipping a coin. Uh, Brentwood Academy is they're they're a little bit. Both of these teams are really kind of anomalies. Brentwood Academy has had uh, difficulty running the ball, and that that's really strange for a BA team uh, so far this year. Um, you know, they're, but they're only a bad half of football and a goal line fumble away from being five and oh, I mean, really they, they are a very, very good team and Landon Wells does well with the ball, but you know, NBA again, all the talent in the world offensively and, and they've stumbled at times. You know, I know you can't car, uh, count a Marty Everard team out ever, but I think there's one person in this game. I think makes a difference. George Laster. That's the kicker for BA. I think that he'll. I think he comes up big in this game. I'm going with NBA here because the quarterback play is better on their side than Brentwood Academy right now. They're still developing a new quarterback for the Eagles, and Marcel Reed is still kind of building toward that bust-out game that we all know he's capable of having. And no better time to do it than against your biggest rival. And I think NBA does win this game on the arm and the legs of Marcel Reed. Wilson Central at Mount Juliet, another Wilson County rivalry, a region game and a critical one of that. Mount Juliet, we'll find out more about them. They can't overlook Mount Wilson Central at all because, you know, station camp is lurking, but Wilson Central can beat them. Reggie thinks so anyway, but the rest of us, we all are siding with the Golden Bears. Yeah, I like the Golden Bears in this game. And uh, again, I, you know, I'm talking about them last segment and how the last couple of weeks we've seen them uh, allow some yardage, allow some points. Still, this is a good test for them. You're right, Chris. And they can't be caught looking ahead, uh, looking at a station camp or anything else, because I, I think that Mount Juliet's going to have to earn it a game at a time. And they've got some tough matchups still to come. But uh, I just think they're, they're more talented. I think they're going to put up a lot of points again this Friday night. And I think they get the dub over Wilson Central. Yeah, I was really troubled by uh, the way uh, the way the defense played against White County. Um, yeah, you, know, you basically they have a twenty-four nothing lead and then allow a twenty-point spurt. Um, and you're right, this looks like it very well could be a trap game uh, for Mount Juliet looking ahead. I don't think Trey Perry lets them get that way though. I don't. Th- I think there was enough problems in that White County game that those guys are you know probably focused in i think i expect uh steven swanner to have a big day and but i i think it's going to be a, a relatively defensive game but i'll i'm going with the bears all right b 
BGA at JP2. The Knights coming off their first loss of the year at Baylor, in which they let it halftime and let it get away in the second half. Scott, you're going with BGA, while the rest of us are taking the Knights. Yeah, I, I think that uh, it, it's hard for me to go against BGA. I just think Sean Williams did the unthinkable last week. He put up a 205 burger on Davidson Academy. That offense is just playing lights out. And Brett Brown is a really, really good quarterback. I think this is one of the few teams that can go toe-to-toe with Pope Prep and actually do uh, do well. Um it was a really close call, but I just I just think BGA is on a mission right now. I don't know if BGA can stop JP2, though. That, that's the thing for me. I yeah. don't know that they can stop their offense. When Kenny Minchie and, and those guys get flying, it's, it's a hard thing to stop that team when they're in a good rhythm and they're going to be at home, they're going to be angry. It's a non-region game. They can let it fly. So I would expect Pope to put 50 points plus on BGA this week. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I, I could see it being like 50-42 or something like that. But I, I expect JP2 to come back and, and get a big win after suffering loss number one of the year. Riverdale at Smyrna. We talked about Riverdale earlier. We think they'll all we all think they'll beat Smyrna. Um, guys, let's discuss it for a second because Riverdale's defense, 24 points allowed through four games. Yeah, that defense, the Herring brothers spearheading that defense, and just uh, I shut out again last week. The the real test, guys, is going to come when they take on Oakland, as we talked about earlier. But uh, I, I don't overlook this game either if I'm Riverdale, because Smyrna's been a pretty darn good football team this year, and uh, they're going to be hungry to take down uh, the Warriors. But if they continue to get good quarterback play on offense and slowly, you know, continue to build that offense and, and get it up to where – I don't think it's ever going to be as good a unit as this defense this year, but you know, this defense keeps doing the way it is, you know, they can carry him to a state championship if the offense is just good enough. And I think we've seen enough signs of life out of that offense that, uh, you know, it's going to make uh, some interesting games for them down the stretch and into the playoffs. I agree. I think, you know, I think Smarty gives uh, Riverdale uh, a game for, uh, you know, most of the game. I think Riverdale pulls out, uh, pulls it out late. Um, or, or pulls away late, but uh, I, I just think Arian Carter is going to have to have uh, just a lights out game, uh, you know, running the ball to for, uh, to open things up for Landon Miller. Um, I, th- I think that's the only way because if they get to Landon Miller early, uh, and we know that Riverdale has that ability, then it could get ugly. Uh, it's just you know, it just really it depends on how well they can run. Fairview at White House Heritage, a game, Scott, that you will be at this week. And Drake taking White House Heritage, but we're all other siding with Fairview. Uh, no, this me. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I'm sitting there waiting. Um, you know, both these teams are really similar in philosophy. I mean, they're both run teams. They're both, uh, you know, gut check teams. Um you know, right now, I, I think this game is really going to just hinge on Fairview's ability to run. You know, if they can force White House into the box, then uh, they actually have the better quarterback, in my opinion. Uh, they, you know, Kennedy Pendergrass, he had five TDs. Of course, it was against Cheatham County, but he can actually throw the ball. And his r- running back, Crawford Claxton, actually can run and, uh, and catch. So I think that they're just a little bit more dynamic. So I think that if they can if they can force uh, 
if they can get anything going on the ground, it's going to open some things up for them on the passing game. I'm just going to take – I take Fairview because I think they're just a little bit more rounded of, a, of an offense. Beach and Summit is our spotlight game of the week. It's a rematch of a 5A quarterfinal from last year that Summit edged out at Beach, but this time they get to host it. We're all taking the Spartans. I like the Spartans. Uh, just uh, the Wade brothers and, and how good that offense is with them. And, and let's not overlook the defense, guys. You know what was kind of odd – uh, and going through our rankings today and taking a look at some of the teams in the top five, and I'm looking at Summit and kind of did a little deeper dive on that. Uh, we talk about the Wade brothers, and, and we talk about the offense, but this is a good defensive team too, guys. And uh, I like them coming into the season. Uh, I don't think a lot of folks knew what to expect from Summit, but uh, I think they're going to go very far in the postseason, and I really like them in this matchup. Now, Chris, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, the, the name I think I'm looking for here is Brady Pierce. Yep, that's the one. That's the one. I think that Summit has two things uh, that Beach doesn't, and it's it's kryptonite to to their offense, and that is they've got Keaton Wade on at linebacker, and they've got Brady Pierce at, at a corner. Uh, I think that that shut. I mean that we we've seen that Beach is trying to throw the ball more, and we saw what happened at Hendersonville. Um, I think that Brady Pierce has a big game here if. Keaton can force that uh, beach into throwing the ball. I think, and I think they will. I think they will. But last week, Beach did something with Andrew Page that I didn't really expect. They got him involved in the running game as well. They've got to get the ball in the hands of their best playmaker. They're doing that through both the air and on the ground. So we may see some things from Beach with some end arounds and reverses and stuff like that to try to get Page the football in space. If they can do that, they can hang with Summit for a while. And let's not discount Beach because defensively, this is still a good football team. Now, this may very well be a 6A semifinal preview. I'm willing yeah. to call it. Oh, uh, I, I don't think that's a stretch by any way, shape, or form. I think you're, you know, it, it's going to be interesting what happens here and then what happens after here. Yep. Let's go through our picks real quick one more time. Everybody on Oakland. Tom is on Nashville, Christian over Davidson Academy, the rest of us over taking DA. We're all in independence. Drake and Tom with Hendersonville, the rest with Ravenwood. Reggie and myself on NBA, the rest with Brentwood Academy. Reggie's taking Wilson Central over Mount Juliet. The rest of us have the Golden Bears. Scott has BGA over JP2. The rest of us have the Knights. We're all taking Riverdale over Smyrna. Drake has White House Heritage over Fairview. We all are on the Yellow Jackets, and all five of us took Summit over Beach. So that is it for who you got. Let's get one quick last word in before we say goodbye. Scott, start us off. Uh, again, we talked a lot about, uh, uh, you know, the games that are out there this week. But let's let's talk a little bit about, uh, you know, getting out there, supporting the teams, you know, even at a, t a game that was like Kenwood and, and Springfield, it was good to go out there, see the homecoming uh, float, see the homecoming, uh, you know, people on the field, the, the crowning of the Queens. Uh, it was great to see that at Nissan Stadium. It's, you know, so oftentimes we talk about what's on the field as far as what's between the hash marks and the end zones. We forget everything else, the pageantry, uh, the community, and everything else that's around the teams, the the concession stands and things like that. So uh, if you if you 
you know, are feel safe about it and you feel good about it, uh, come out to a game. It's, uh, you know, you, you can find a place away from everybody. I, I saw it the other night. Um, you know, if it's something that you feel like you can do, get out there and uh, support these kids. Tom? Well, I tell you what, there's a lot of great football games coming up this Friday night. Now, in my gosh, I hate to say this. It makes me sound so old. But going on 30 years now of covering high school football, uh, there's always been that first Friday night where the air felt just a little bit crisper, a little bit nicer. Uh, it was more of just a football atmosphere outside. Well, that Friday night this year, folks, is going to be this Friday night. And on top of that, we've got all these great football matchups. So regardless of if you have to have a, a, a light jacket or a little bit bigger coat or blanket, this ought to be the Friday night if you've not been out this season to get out because the football games are going to be tremendous. Uh, the weather is going to be perfect. You just have no excuses. Get out and support these kids and enjoy a great high school football game. I guarantee you, you will enjoy yourself. Boy, you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh and not just Friday night, Thursday night as well. I mean, we're going to have Thursday night games for the next four weeks in Middle Tennessee. So plenty of opportunities to go out and see great football. I'm probably more excited for this week than I have been any week in a while because there are so many marquee games between top teams on the field that we haven't seen. And I'm really excited to see how these shake out and how the region races start to shake out down the stretch. Thursday night, Lipscomb Academy at Oakland, number one at number two in our rankings and, and pretty much anybody else's rankings as well. We don't get that very often at all. And then Friday night, teams like Summit and Beach playing, Ravenwood and Harrisonville. And just great football games scheduled this week, and I'm excited about it. I hope you guys are too, and I'm, I'm ready for it. Let's, the weather's great. Uh, the football's going to be great. You can't beat it. You really can't. Absolutely. And hey, guess when we come back next week, we're going to be talking about the stretch run of region games and uh, playoff races and stuff. And uh, a lot of great region games are going to be hitting us down the stretch as well. Yep. Well, we needed a little overtime this week, but we got it done. So for Scott Burton, for Tom Duggan, I'm Chris Brooks. Thank you guys for watching the Mid-State 48 Powered by 615 Preps. You can also listen to us wherever you get your podcast. Thank our friends at Innovate Medical for helping sponsor the show as well. We will talk to you guys next week. Get out to the game this Thursday and Friday and enjoy it. It should be a great week for it. We will see you next week. Get some merch. The Mid-State 48, powered by 615 Preps, is a production of B-Squared Media, LLC.